So it's a good morning to be able to, um, I, I feel like, talk about uh, some things and realities and in, in the Easter season. As I was praying several months ago, a couple of months ago, about um, closing a study of the book of Philippians, and uh, it appeared to be in line with where we were in Easter, I just began to wrestle with um, what were the emotions and what is the biblical underpinning of how we respond to Easter and, and what was happening among the people. I, I think when Jesus began to talk about a very different kingdom and a different place of authority and um, began to talk about not um, raising up a powerful kingdom on this earth, but actually laying down your life and sacrifice for others, um, as I shared last weekend, that was a very mysterious reality for this group. And it required them and invited that group and it invited a, a small group of followers that would become an explosive movement of the living God to have extraordinary, um, extraordinary mystery, but also be invited into extraordinary surrender. And then we were singing a song and I was uh, kind of pondering where we're going today, which is there's a sense of wonder. And I think there is a sense of wonder about this day as we walk through the final steps of Jesus because there's wonder for us because we can look at it as the power of the cross and the place of boasting for us but it's a little hard for us to sit down in this Palm Sunday crowd and understand that their wonder was um, mysterious was flummoxing it was truly wonder in every definition of the world. I wonder how this is going to turn out. I wonder what we are going to do to respond. And on this particular Sunday, Palm Sunday, they responded as best they could, as best they knew how. And we were singing the song just a few minutes ago. And I was just listening to Jesus sing this over us as well. As we were just crying out to him, you are good, Lord. You are good, Lord. I almost felt like we should have passed out palm branches in the middle of this crowd. Because we could have waved them this morning. You are good, Lord. You are good. And we're not going to sing this twice. We're going to sing this 50 times. Because we, we want to believe that you are good. And I believe that Jesus is whispering into our souls as he was with that group who are longing for that goodness to mean some temporal reign on this earth, some ability to escape the pain and sorrow of what we walk through, some eradication of the mystery. Jesus was just riding by them on the donkey as they waved the branches going, I will never let you down. And it's going to appear that way over the next week or so. But I will never let you down. And we're out just shouting, you are good. Good. Oh, yes, you are, Lord. And we're raven branches. And then the very moment that it appears that he has let us down, we scatter. And the Lord is just still whispering to our souls as we scatter, I will never let you down. For I am good, and I satisfy your soul. And in the mystery and the wonder, in the surrender, and in the majesty of my works, as I unveil the wonder on this Friday, but Sunday's coming, and I won't try to pull that one off. But in the middle of this Friday, I want you to know that I am present, and I am good, and I encourage you to wave the palm branches even in the midst of the mystery. And so I, I would love to talk from an extraordinarily unusual passage today, the 63rd Psalm. 
Because I do believe Psalm 63, 1 describes where the people were in this day, unbeknownst to them, even though they're waving branches on this day, they are in the midst of a great mystery. And their response in about five to six days will be these words, God, you are my God and you're good. You are good. Oh, yes. And I eagerly seek you, Lord. I thirst for you. And my body faints for you. And here's where I'm living in a land that is dry and desolate and is without water. And I'm making my way through this land. And and just a few days ago, we were all shouting and waving branches. And we were taking off our jackets. And we were taking off our outer garments. And we were throwing them before you. Because you're good, Lord. And you're now gone, Lord. Where are you in this wonder, in this mystery? How do we make it through this? And we talked about this a good bit last week. And I'll be honest, um, I'm still wrestling with a particular encounter that I listened to in a dialogue on Cynthia sent me a podcast. And I listened to the dialogue and I'm just still in all of this, this passionate heart in the mystery, in the wonder, in the places where we don't fully understand how do we lift holy hands to the Lord? And make proclamation that God, you are good. And I don't have all of the answers right now. I listened to a lady talk about something that she fundamentally rejected in her first diagnosis with stage four cancer. And I listened to the dialogue that she shared as she spoke with a lady and a writer and a, and a, and a teacher named Ann Voskamp and just said to her, I want you to write this in the front of my book. And I shared this last week, but it was kind of a courtesy at the end. I think it's too important what she shared with her for it to be a courtesy at the end because it is a recognition that I am in a dry and weary land where there is no water but Lord. And she leaned down to um, Anne and said, as you sign this book about the brokenness of life, I want you to write these words at the front. And she said this, May I know you in being healed as I have known you in the sickness. May God you use me in health in the way that you have used me in brokenness. And we are in the midst of the broken road in this Easter season of saying, Lord, there's things that are going on that don't make sense, but this is a maturation. This is a recognition process for this particular woman in a dry and desolate land where there is no water. Lord, I am finding that you are my thirst. And her response was this, God, what I ran from has become the greatest place of your love and grace. What was the most powerful point of my suffering and the most poignant point of mystery in my life is now the greatest point of trepidation. Oh God, I have seen you in the mystery of things that are nonsensical in this earth. I have seen you not necessarily make sense of this journey I've been through, but God, I have seen you make sense of yourself. And more importantly and more beautifully, I have seen as you have used me in ways that I've never been used before. And by your grace and in your goodness, you have chosen to heal me and call me well, according to the doctors. And my greatest fear is that I will lose the mystery in the wonder as I walk through it. And my even greater fear is this, is that God, I won't proclaim who you are with the readiness that I have in my sickness and in my suffering. And I, I, I just come in this Easter season saying, this is the season that most of us walk through on a daily, regular basis of the mysteries of this earth. And yet, with trembling hands, we lift them up saying, you are good. 
And for this woman, she's whispering into the souls of those who are gathered, hearing these words, and he has not let me down. He's walked this broken road with me, and he has made way through me. And there is intimacy that we share with this. This, this, We talked about this in small group this morning. If you were in small group, we're praying for God to just help us to understand the power and the movement of the church. The power of koinonia, which if I hear that word, I kind of go back to my biblical teachings, which were pretty good. My pastor is in the room right now. I better acknowledge that they were pretty good. I grew up with my dad teaching me throughout my life, but I just honestly felt like koinonia was a good time, a celebration with one another. And koinonia is that. It means fellowship. And Jesus invites us into this reality, Easter people. He invites us into the fellowship of his sufferings. He invites us into that capacity to know him in the midst of the greatest mysteries of life. And so if we want, if we truly long for what we spent an hour talking about in our groups, if we long for that, we will join together as a body of believers, not just with a whimsical smile on our face that we're doing really well today. We'll join in the depths of koinonia as the body of Christ saying in the, in the midst of mystery and in the heart of wonder, our God is good. And he will walk through this. And I believe in faith, not, not because everything is good with me right now, not because I told 27 people I'm fine this morning while I smiled yet brokenhearted. It's when we truly develop a body of believers who are experiencing the fellowship of sufferings and we live in the midst of humility and vulnerability and generosity of heart with one another. That's when the body of Christ begins to cry out and declare the praises of God. What you're getting on Palm Sunday is a lot of people waving and smiling and scattering. And what we long for in this body of believers in a dry and wearying land where there seems to be no water is a people who have discovered a reservoir that is not, that is filled with the goodness and the streams of the living water of Jesus Christ and who are cupping our hands and drinking there and cupping our hands and saying, drink of this water for it is living. And that's, that's my prayer. And that will happen when we no longer smile and wave and throw out palm branches, but we are vulnerable and authentic. And we truly have heard the voice of God in the midst of stage four. In the midst of the greatest battles, we have heard him whisper to our soul, I will walk this with you. That's the road of this life. And I fear that we will settle for palm branches and scattering. As opposed to what God longs for for us, which is a life together and not alone Where we live, Psalm 145.4 says it this way. One generation, the body of Christ, declaring the works of Christ to the next. We're telling and proclaiming of the mighty acts. I shared this last week, but it's still just as important today. That's the, the declaration is the Hebrew word shalbach, which meant we commend this to one another. We look at one another and share the glory of God. We commend this as we walk through the broken way with one another. We share this hurt and brokenness with one another. We are sharing of God's triumphant reality with one another that he is good and has not let us down. And I truly enjoy the Hebrew rendering 
rendering of this word used only 11 times in scripture. And in the one time that we're filling is a heartbeat verse for this church, which is Psalm 145 verse 4, where generations are shouting to one another in the depths of their soul the goodness and the mighty acts and the wonder and the power of the living God. And what, Ryan, what you have taught us in your seven Hebrew words of praise is this, that literally becomes a holy roar among the body. And don't mistake this, although I have no tribulation with this, if you decide to start shouting in church, I'll be okay with that. But don't mistake the shout for your verbal um, amplitude. The shout is the shout of your cord when you lean in and whisper, Oh God, do not let me in my health fail to advance the kingdom as I have in the weakness for you are good in the midst of everything Lord and I want to speak of your goodness one generation shawbocking your works to the next and in this songs become anthems anthems declarations declarations among us a holy roar and the scripture that you taught were taught in small group today was a holy roar will make its way into the streets for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ And there will be a recognition because of the goodness of God among us and because of the goodness of God, the works that abound through us, there will be a shawbach, a holy roar among this city of God's grace, his kindness, his mercy, the power of the cross and the hope of resurrection. And while we will continue to walk in mystery and we will continue to live in a bit of wonder, both in the wonder of God, but the wonder of our current circumstance, we will also revel in the sense of surrender and a full expectation of the holiness of God to abound among us. Thank you. There's another Greek word or Hebrew word, sorry, that is powerful. Ryan, I'm not going to steal a sermon series we've talked about, but I'm going to just keep going to these words. They're so good for the day. Today's a day of waving palm branches. It's toda, toda. Hebrew word that literally means to lift a hand in thanksgiving to God. It means a sacrifice of praise. Listen to this. This is the, this is the definition of Toda. A sacrifice of praise of things not yet seen and things not yet received. That is the epicenter of this Sunday in the Easter season. Lord, I am going to lift up a declaration of praise and it has to be better than a temporal palm branch. Although I believe you accept that sacrifice of praise to you as well. But holy God, with the very wonder and mystery of where I am, I atoda you. God, right now, I'm proclaiming you are good. And I am going to keep proclaiming this throughout the week as a part of the few and the masses that are proclaiming your goodness now. But when it comes to true wonder, we seem to scatter. But oh Lord, you are good as I watch your back lashed 39 times. You are good. You are king. You are glorious one as I watch them pierce your scalp with a thorny crown. You are good as I see your cross elevated. And you are good as I am broken on the ground in the middle of the mystery. You are good. You are good. And from the road to the cross, to the cross, to next Sunday, when we celebrate the resurrection, he is shouting, I will never let you down. 
So in the midst of the mysteries and the wonders of this journey and unequivocally the vast majority of us in this room are in the midst of the wonder or the mystery or the pain or the sorrow. And here's what Jesus said, don't be, don't be waylaid when it hits, it will strike, but I'm here. And there are times when we just come to the Lord and what I would love to see out of Palm Sunday is less waving the branches and dancing around and more holy, trembling hands just saying, Lord, it's a mystery to me what's going on right now. But there's something that you will do in days ahead. And so I lift a trembling, broken hand. I don't even know that I can get it to lift it up. But oh Lord, I praise you. In the middle of this storm, I worship you, I told you, you are good. Dad, I was thinking about a story that's moved both of us deeply. I was thinking about the example of this, and you've heard it before, so forgive me if um, this is repetitive, but I, I just immediately thought of Dimitri as I thought of lifting a holy hand before the Lord, and I thought of um, better than about 10 days, you know, a week of celebration, a week of beating, three days um, after the cross, a resurrection. How about 17 years of lifting a holy hand before the Lord? If you've not heard the Dimitri story or read the book Insanity of God, I would encourage you to, A, read the book Insanity of God. It speaks to the mystery of this whole season. And secondly, I would encourage you um, to read the story of Dimitri, who um, began to just simply teach his children about the grace and knowledge of Jesus. And as he taught his children, the neighbors began, this is again where we were in First Peter this morning, the neighbors began to recognize something told us something powerful in worship and praise flowing out of that family. So the neighbors just began to come uh, alongside him in the greater USSR at that point in time. He is teaching this and they're coming along saying there's something beautiful happening in your family. Would you begin to teach us? And he says, yes, I will. Although I'm just teaching my kids about this Jesus I know. And ultimately there's a home church of about 150 people gathering in his home. Um, the government hears of this. They come and arrest him. They send him a thousand miles from his family. And all he knows to do as he wakes up each morning is, first of all, all he knows to do is to understand the power of the word of Christ. So if he finds any piece of paper, it's filled with the word of God as best he can memorize that. And it is taped to his walls for which he will receive beatings. And he just simply also wakes up every morning, turns his heart to the place of the kingdom of Christ. And he begins to sing the song of his heart of just this proclamation of the goodness of God. And he lifts holy hands. And I, I appreciate this total moment and the mystery and the wonder as life does not make sense as he is separated a thousand miles from his family. All he knows to do for the next 17 years is to wake up every single morning and to sing the anthem of praise to the living Christ. You are good, Lord. You are the king of glory, Lord. And it's the story. This is not an ancient tale. This is a story through the 80s and into the 90s. Of, it's a recent story. Dimitri is still alive to this moment. And as the last day came, as, they had, as, the, as, the, as the, those who had imprisoned him had done everything to break him, they finally reached one particular straw that they thought would assuredly break him. And the Holy Spirit just whispered to his soul that evening, may it never be. And he walks out of his prison cell and just simply does what he would have done any other morning except this is the morning of his execution. He begins to sing. And what I love is the next picture that comes on the screen because while he begins to sing the same song that he was singing for 17 years every morning, the entirety of the prison walked out of their cells 
and begin to echo this song of the goodness and the graceness, greatness of the living God. I, I don't know the fortitude of your heart. I wonder if I have the fortitude to sing for seven consecutive days in the midst of a painful mystery, much less 17 years. Walking out in the midst of sorrow and lifting a hand before the Lord and saying, you will be glorified. But the declaration in the midst of the mystery and the wonder of the season of Easter is where the power of the resurrection takes place. Because you and I are not people who have this mystery before us. We understand the walk of the cross, that we deny ourselves, we take up our cross and we follow him. But we also understand that we have been crucified with Christ, but you and I have also been raised with Christ. And therefore, when authorities come and carry us away all we know to do in the wonder of that moment is to lift holy hands and call God sovereign king of glory holy one the righteous king the resurrected messiah and I believe that he can handle our trembling hands in this as we say to him we do not understand but we told I We believe that there is a day ahead where we may fully comprehend what we walk through. It may be answered on this earth, but assuredly it will be answered eternally. Until then, we worship you in a dry and weary land. The scripture says it this way. Verse 2 of 63 I gaze on you in the sanctuary, Lord, because that's the only place that I gain strength. I see your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. Nick Ripkin said he came to interview people like Dimitri and others in the greatest places of persecution. And you do realize that in the Old Testament church, it was severe persecution and Um, As best we understand history, we're walking in a season of persecution for our brothers and sisters in Christ that's unprecedented. Equal to the um, New Testament season, if not exceeding that, in the loss of life of brothers and sisters who were raising trembling hands in the midst of great sorrow and saying, Lord, you are sufficient. And I gaze at you in your sanctuary. I see you and my lips, they will glorify you. Nick Ripkin said, I came to find curriculum that I could craft to help those who are in painful and sorrowful circumstance so that I could provide them with tools to make it through. And I did not find curriculum in this encounter. I found living relationship with Jesus Christ. I found people who knew Jesus, who loved Jesus, who followed Jesus, who lived with Jesus in the heart of the mystery. And who lift trembling hands in the midst of that and simply said, God, I don't know if it's in the depths of who I am to praise you, but I praise you. That's the power of this season. I said of last week that in mystery, there is surrender. And I would say to you, in, there, in this week, there in wonder, there is hope. And it is not, I hope this happens. It is a... Romans 5, 1 through 5, in the midst of circumstances and pain and sorrow, 
there is a hope in the living Christ that will not disappoint. Because my hope is an eternal hope. I ran across the scripture and just to, to begin to close this teaching and to ask the Spirit of God to open our hearts. I ran across the scriptural patches that describes us. It describes a, a prophet as he spoke to the people of God. In fact, in Psalm 63, 4, here's our responsibility. I will bless you, Lord, as long as I live. And I will lift up your, my hands for your namesake, Lord. I will bless you as long as I live at your name. I will lift up my hands, O Lord. I will cry out and praise to you with trembling hands. Oh Lord, you are good. Zechariah said this in the scripture. He said, here's a description of who you are in verse nine, chapter 9, verse 12. You are prisoners of hope. And that's what I would pray over us today. And I just read that scripture and I was kind of going to end with that. And then I started to flip some pages just to say, what is Zechariah saying? What is he experiencing to say as a people in the middle of the wonder? How do we continue to sing with trembling hands on a Palm Sunday? You are good, Lord, and trust when he whispers back to our soul. And I will never let you down. Zechariah said, you're a prisoner of hope. That's not the case for me most often. That is not the case for those who were followers of Jesus that walked on this windy road and threw out branches. The disciples lost heart. They went into hiding. They lost hope. How do we learn to be a prisoner of hope? I flipped through Zechariah, and here's what Zechariah shared with the people. Here's what the Lord says. I am coming, and I will live among you. There will be nations that are joined with the Lord in that day, and you will be my people. That's Zechariah, the second chapter. The next chapter says of his vision as he stands in front of the high priest Joshua, and Joshua is being accused. If you're in the middle of this right now, if you're in the middle of a mystery or a time of wonder, there is accusation that will be hurled. As Joshua stood in the middle of this scenario that he writes of in Zechariah 3, he is being accused by Satan. There is an angel of the Lord that is speaking in, and there is Jesus himself. And he is standing before them. And here's what the Lord says. So if you want to understand how to rivet your heart as a prisoner of hope, the Lord rebukes his accusations. And he says, here's what I know of Joshua. He is a burning stick snatched from the fire. Is that not every single one of us? The indescribable, unmerited, untainable mercy of God in Christ Jesus, Jesus who has snatched us from the fire, who has robed and redeemed us in the righteousness of who he is, who has marked us as his own, who has redeemed us in our struggles and our walk, and we fully believe him. You and I are sticks snatched from the the fires of hell and placed into the kingdom of Christ, the Son of God. And therefore, we lift trembling hands filled with hope in the mercy and the grace of the living God. We have brought in, we have been brought into the safety and the sufficiency of His grace. That was the journey of Peter. That was the journey as he sat with the Lord and said, You're good. 
That was the journey of Thomas, of Mary, of Martha, of John. In front of the Lord and the angel, Joshua's filthy clothes were removed in Zechariah, and he was placed with the fine garments and the promises of the Lord. I am going to bring my servant the branch before you. In the middle of this season, I immediately flicked in my heart to Isaiah 11.1, where it says, Isaiah spoke of a branch that would bear fruit out of a dead stump. I kind of like this picture of a dead stump and the possibility that remains among us. There's this beautiful reality for us. I don't know that you sit in this room and think, you don't understand my circumstance. There's a picture of a stump, I hope. And if not, there we go. Thank you. You have no idea what could birth out of my heart in the middle of the mystery, the wonder, the loss. I'm not going to teach on this. I'm just going to say, I just go to the dry bones. God, in the midst of my dry bones, you provide growth where I sense there is only death. You provide hope and possibility in the midst of this. And this is the impossible. Life often cries out to us, this is only a stump. It cries out to us in multitudes of ways that I've shared the last two weeks. It cries out to us when we sit in the midst of a doctor speaking the words stage four and cancer into our reality. It cries out to us when we stick a for sale sign in front of our house. It cries out to us as our children walk through challenging years as teens. It cries out to us as we are in moments of great mystery. It cries out to us as we are Abraham cresting, walking up a hill with a knife in our left hand, our son in our right hand, and the promises of God defining who we are and the wind in our face. Lord, whispering his promises to our soul in mystery and wonder. I am your shield. I am your provider. I am your hope. I am your promise. And we move forward in worship. We worship you, Lord. In heart. For we are oaks of righteousness. We are a planting of the Lord. For the display of his splendor. We are a people who have received a crown of beauty. Instead of ashes. The oil of gladness. Rather than mourning. And a garment of praise. In the very hearts of despair. To be a prisoner of hope. Is to be the freest of all. Because we look at the circumstances through which we walk with the lens of the majesty and the wonder of Jesus as our fixation and the whisper to our soul, I will never let you down. So lift your hands is a prisoner of hope. Lift your hands in praise in the darkness. That is this week. In the despair. That is where the people of God were as they walked the Easter road. In the face of death. In loss. Above sickness. Above the wonder and mystery that seem to seek to define. 
walk with trembling hands saying, you, O Lord, are my worship, my praise. I will bless you as long as I live. And at your name, I will lift holy hands, even in a dry, wearying land where there is no water. I worship you, Jesus. Father, I pray that generations across this church will declare the wonder of who you are. Your faithfulness, your acts, your glory, your renown, your hope, your promise. Father, I pray that we would not declare that only as things make sense, but we would declare that in the face of the cross. We would declare that as our Savior. His stripes being shredded through his back. Not grappling with and grasping that moment. It was his stripes. Heal us, Lord. Father, I pray for those who are in the midst of the wonder and the mystery. That there would be hope that is birthed out of holy surrender. So in a dry land, I confess this to you, Jesus. You are good. In a prosperous land, I confess this to you, Jesus. You're good. In a walk between, as we simply do not understand, we are prisoners of hope. And you are good. In a time when our lives are fundamentally battered, you're good. You're good. You are good, Lord. We close our services opening an altar to those who are weary. There is rest in our Savior. Perhaps you would just simply love to come. Long to come and just bow before the Lord in prayer and surrender. The trembling hand of praise. Just invite you to use this time for that. As we close in a song, we also invite some of our pastors to come to the front. It's beautiful to hear your name lifted before God. There, there is no need for a mediator between God and man. He exists in the name of Jesus through His Spirit. There is often beauty in hearing your name lifted up. We would love for you to come and pray with us. We'll just be here at the front. You just want to sing before the Lord, rest in Him. Really, this is just a time to respond to Christ.
to his goodness, to your frailty.